speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. the gospel according to St. Luke, the seventh chapter. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bears stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. How often have you watched a movie or read a book and the hero dies? Yes, the hero dies. You know, it is usually at the story's climax when the hero dies. Typically, the hero is lying in the arms of a friend or a lover, after doing something heroic, and then that hero says something profound, something only a hero would say, and then they die. They give up their last breath. But deep down, this typically, though, does not unsettle us too much. Sure, we like that drama of the hero dying, giving up that last breath in the arms of a loved one or a friend, but deep down, we all know that the hero, well, the hero will come back. We'll come back to life by the end of the movie, or there will be a sequel to that blockbuster movie, and the producers will come up with some sort of story that the hero actually did not die in order to make another movie. Again, deep down, we often do not worry too much about the hero's death because we know that they'll come back to life. We also see this in the video games that we play. Yes, for those of you who play video games, you know what I'm talking about. When you play a video game, the game character is either killed by an alien, squashed by a turtle shell, or falls off of a cloud into a chocolate pond, dying, and all you have to do is come and hit that start button to reboot and get a new life with that game character. You get to play the level all over again. Again, death is not a big deal to a video game player because they can easily resurrect their character to play the level one more time. So what's my point? What's my point to all of this? Dear friends, we live in a time that is so very familiar with death, yet at the same time is so inexperienced with death. One more time. We live in a time that is so familiar with death, yet at the same time so inexperienced with death itself. Our culture is saturated with death. It is routinely found in our stories, in our video games, and in our nightly news. However, we are relatively naive 
and inexperienced with death. But how can it be said that we are so inexperienced and naive concerning death? Consider our gospel reading from the Gospel of Luke this morning. Take a moment, yes, take a moment and consider the reaction of the mother and the crowd. Her son had died. Her son had died. So they carried the dead son out on a stretcher to place him in a cave. And the mother, well, she was crying very, very loudly. Not soft, not keeping it within, but it was a profound crying, something that was out there for everyone to see. It was a visible morning. And when Jesus came up to that dead son, get this, he said, young man, I say to you, rise. And the dead man did just, he did just that. He got up. But here is what I want you and me to notice. The mother and the crowd, then they were then what? They were seized by fear. Yes, when the dead son, when he rose, they were seized by fear. Yes, fear rushed in at the resurrection of the man, and that fear took a hold of all of them. Now, this was not just a tiny little fear. It was an exceedingly great fear, the kind of fear that grabs a hold of a person. But why did that fear seize them? Yes, why did it grab a hold of them? Why wasn't their immediate reaction relief? Phew, he's alive, or joy, or happiness. Why fear? Why did fear seize them? As a pastor, at every funeral that I officiate, I make sure to go to the coffin and touch the deceased person's hands. I don't like doing this, to be honest. I don't like doing this. But when I do, when I touch their hands, it sobers me. It sobers me. The cold feeling on a deceased person's hand actually stings the soul. Indeed, you have a way of touching it. It stings the soul. It makes death real. It keeps me from becoming desensitized, if you will. Now, I also encourage others to do the same. And I try to bring little children at funerals to the casket of a loved one and have them touch grandpa or grandma's cold hands. However, I've noticed more and more resistance over the last 20 years among people who do not want to touch or even see the deceased person in the coffin. Well, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm certainly not trying to be insensitive. A great irony exists in our culture with this respect. You see, the night before a funeral, we can watch on TV, we can turn on the TV and we can watch a movie, or whether it's Netflix or some other kind of internet movie-based system, we can turn on the TV and we can watch a movie where a person's life is taken without so much as flinching at all. We can watch it on the screen without even flinching or giving second thought to it. However, the next day at a funeral, we don't want to see the casket or the deceased person. It's hard for all of us, myself included. In fact, I've had parents get very agitated with me for even suggesting that their child should go and see grandpa or grandma in the casket. Truth be told, the children are typically, they're typically quite all right with this. As he explained the resurrection of the dead and how Jesus puts all things back together again. They're typically okay with this. However, more often than not, it is the parents who are uncomfortable. It is the parents uncomfortable with the sting of death itself. And so the point being is this. When we do not fully embrace the reality of death, we will never stand in a holy reverence, a holy reverence before the good news of the resurrection itself, that Jesus resurrects the dead. 
When we become desensitized to death itself, well, the resurrection of the dead becomes nothing more than perhaps a video game character reboot. When we're casual with death, the resurrection can be reduced to a predictable, yes, a predictable plot in the story of life, just like how Hollywood brings a hero back from the dead in a sequel. When we are lighthearted with death, the resurrection well becomes empty talk. The resurrection indeed becomes empty. But when we touch, when we touch, when we touch the body of a loved one, the cold body of a loved one, death has a way of sobering us up quickly right away. Death has a way of stinging our souls. It stings our souls as we feel the cold touch of a loved one. Death has a way of rattling our cages. It has a way of shaking up our world and disrupting our routines. And you know what? Here's the harsh truth. It should. Death is inconvenient. It should make us unsettled. It should make us weep. It should make us cry loudly because, get this, it is our enemy Death is our enemy, and it has a sting for all of us. And that is where things become quite real. That's where things become quite real for you and me in this Christian faith, where it becomes really real. You see, your Jesus, that day in the town of Nain we heard, he reached out and touched that stretcher with a cold corpse, and with a simple word, Jesus, he chased away death, and warm life was restored to that young boy. And while the full sting of death had rattled their cages, disrupted their routines, and stung their souls, that resurrection, get this, that resurrection of that dead young man, of that dead young man, grasped them with a reverent fear even more. The impossible happened. Life returned. Death, no doubt about it, was big to them, which is why the resurrection was even bigger when it overcame death itself. Baptized saints, the very thing that happened to that young man that day in the city of Nain will be the same thing that will happen to you and to me and our loved ones who are baptized into Christ. We will all be resurrected. We will be made alive. And this reality of the future resurrection is not a theory, a pious sentiment, or a feel-good idea. It is a reality that will happen, which means that when we think about the resurrection, we should be gripped with a reverential fear, a reverent fear. The majesty and the power of the resurrection should grab a hold of us. It should seize us. Perhaps one of the reasons why, perhaps one of the reasons why we humans often diminish death is because we frankly do not know how to deal with the resurrection Think about it this way for a moment. If the resurrection is true, which I might add, it is, but play along with me on this. If the resurrection is true, which it is, that reality would change everything in this world. You see, if there's a resurrection of the dead, that means that there is a Savior who resurrects. And if there's a Savior who resurrects the dead that defies the law of death itself, then we must take that Savior serious what he says, what he does, should then not only define our lives, but should also captivate our minds and body and souls. But perhaps if we can downplay the sting of death, well, the resurrection can just stay a theological fiction in our mind or be classified as a nice, pious fairy tale meant to make us feel warm and fuzzy from time to time. 
baptized saints, you must have the courage, you must have the courage to look into the darkness of death and see it for what it is. Do not go down the path of desensitization and naiveness with death. You must be ready for death to sting you. You must be ready for it to hurt you, to wound your soul. Because if you downplay death, well, the power of the resurrection will become meaningless to you. Instead, hear and know this. Your loved ones are real people with real death and are raised by a real Savior. Indeed, hear this again. Your loved ones are real people who die a real death and are raised by a real Savior to life everlasting forever. Your Jesus, he spoke to a real dead person who had real dead ears and that real dead body listened. Death was chased away and that young man obeyed and he was raised. Death was really chased away and life was really restored that day at Nain. And so, like that mother and the people of Nain, death, well, it should rattle you and the bold reality of the resurrection should grip you even more You see, it's quite all right to be greatly perplexed and undone by the Lord's favor for you, his goodness to you. This is what is meant in our small catechism when it says that we are to fear and to love and to trust in God Almighty. You see, we fear Christ because we take him seriously. We have a fear of the resurrection because it is more powerful than you and me and death itself. And yet at the very same time, at the very same time, we love our Lord and we trust him. We fear, love, and trust. We fear, love, and trust him. We love him because he forgives us of all of our sins. Indeed, because he forgives us of all of our sins and will raise us from the dead. And we trust him because he takes care of us. He fulfills every single one of his promises for us from our baptisms to the grave and unto the resurrection, the resurrection of the body to life everlasting. Fear, love, and trust of our Lord, resting in his goodness, that he raises the dead, that he raises you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The, the Lord, Lord bless and, and keep you. you.